Hello and welcome to Unbossed. I am your host, Nina Turner. So glad to be here with you today and in the co-host seat because it is Friday. Is none other than Mayor Mondale Robinson. And the mayor is a Rebel HQ contributor and all things TYT. Mayor, so good to have you here today. It's good to be with you. You know it's Friday. It's Friday. It's our day to really go deep. Now, before we dive into all of the stories we have arranged for you today, we got to pause for some breaking news. Daniel Ellsberg, the Pentagon paper whistleblower, dies at the age of 92 years old. Ellsberg in 1969 secretly photocopied 7, 000, a 7,000 page study privately commissioned by the Defense Department, which revealed the US government knew early on in the Vietnam War that that war could not be won. And here is a picture of Mr. Ellsberg as well. Please make sure that you read the different articles that are coming out about him. Just really truly a champion to put something on the line like that. And think about when he did that, there was no, you know, there were no apps for that mayor. I mean, he had to hardcore take 7,000 pages and photocopy those pages the good old fashioned way, caught the United States government in a flat out lie and exposed them. Any thoughts, Mayor? Yeah, I think, you know, um, when, 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 when Ellsberg, when, they, when I found out a few minutes ago he had passed, it's not just the, uh, the idea of like a res- what, what a responsible government it owes its citizen that dies. It is in stark contrast to what we find ourselves right now, where Donald Trump is a leading figure in our political landscape. So it is, it is definitely uh, newsworthy for so many reasons. And like you said, the idea and thoughts that went into 7,000 papers being copied to tell the truth to American people is something serious and also worth applauding for sure. Yeah, for sure. So you will definitely hear deeper reports about Mr. Ellsberg and maybe we'll do a segment or two next week. But just wanted to bring that to you. If you have never heard of him, he is definitely worth worth your time to research him and what he did for this country by exposing the lies that the federal government was telling about the Vietnam War. And we would be remiss if we did not give our condolences to his family and to his closest friends. Our condolences. On to our next story, Charlie Kirk. I hate that we picking up Charlie Kirk right behind Mr. Ellsberg, but here we are. As we saw yesterday, many conservatives are defending Danny. Daniel Penny after a grand jury indicted him. Now, Big Wise and I did go in depth on this story, talked about you know different aspects of it too. I think in a, in a very, very genuine way. But of course, Charlie Kirk had to make a mockery of this whole thing and he wasn't gonna stay silent. Now he is claiming that this is a continuation of the so-called war on white people. Take a look. Helen, great job. The American conservative, the war on white people continues, and we're seeing it play out in this terrible case in New York City, where a white Marine decided to do the right thing against a black mentally ill criminal. And he wasn't looking at things through race. He doesn't have a racist bone in his body. But if it was just two blacks fighting, it would have just been whatever. We know that as a fact. Why do we know as a fact? Because There are hundreds of blacks that kill other blacks every single month in this country, and no one cares. But if a white person gets in an altercation with a black person, 
Everyone loses their mind. And now he's facing 15 years for second degree manslaughter. Helen, thank you so much. Great work. And thank you for your courage to call it out what it is, which is an outright war on white people. I'm telling you, y'all, you know what it's taking for me right now. Let's go ahead and put the mayor up. Let's just unpack this right now. Charlie Kirk is a liar, a grifter. He shouldn't even have a show. You want to talk about most crime, most violent crime is intra-racial. And like he gives a damn about black violence in black communities. He don't give he don't care about white violence in white communities, Asian violence in Asian communities, Arab violence in, in Arab communities. In other words, America, don't let this false prophet fool you. Most violent crime is intra-racial, period. And if he cared about that mayor, then he would be coming at this thing a different way. But the man had the pure unadulterated gall to fix his mouth to talk about if this had to happen, if Daniel Penny was black and the and the way he described this homeless man, this is a lie. Let, let's understand something, he was indicted. He hasn't been convicted of anything. A man lost his life, nearly was killed, was choked out. Now in the court of law, Penny's lawyers are going to get an opportunity to state his case. And a jury is going to hear it. And ultimately they're going to make a decision. And then the judge is going to make a sentence. That is America. But all of a sudden, Charlie Kirk and others of his ilk want to make sure, you know, Mayor, make it seem like it's foreign for this for a grand jury to recommend that this goes to trial. Well, I mean, for him and and those that see the world like him, it is foreign that a white man is being on on trial for killing a black man. Like he wants America to be uh, the days of the lynching again. Apparently, listen, let's be honest. There's so many dog whistles in this thing. Um, then actually, they're just bullhorns, right? He started out by saying. Uh, this white Marine, he's automatically trying to tell white people this is someone you should be proud of, someone you should respect, as if the Marine Corps does not have deep-seated racism. Um, there was a huge report that just came out in 2021 about my Marine Corps, not Charlie Kirk's, but I'm a Marine veteran and I know firsthand of all the racism and races that are wearing that uniform, that beautiful uniform. So miss me with that idea that you're trying to hearken support for this guy just because he was a Marine. Secondly, you call this man a criminal for what? Yes, he was mentally ill. And this is also you trying to say something is wrong and also put a stigma on mental ill folk. On top of that, this criminal for what? His blackness is the only thing, I guess, because there was no criminal acts taking place that day. All of the myths that came out about him being aggressive have been dispelled. He was not being aggressive. He was hungry. He was having an episode, but that's not criminal. So we see what's happening here. Furthermore, Furthermore, this idea that there's an attack on white America when America is controlled and does nothing but benefit the whiteness that exists daily is is this ridiculous need for white people to white people to see the world like Charlie Kirk to want to go back when times only included them, protected them. This idea that you can kill someone in daylight and still be honored shows you how high Americans tolerance is for black pain. Yeah, very much so, Mayor. And to call him, yeah, as you said, a homeless uh, criminal. You're right. I mean, yes, did, did Neely have a record? Yeah, and he served his time for that record too. And some of, some of the things that he did, they were wrong. They were totally wrong. They were illegal, and he served his time for it. But as the mayor lays out, America, I want you to understand this. On that particular day, Neely was just acting out in terms of his hunger and his desperation. 
but he didn't attack anyone. And to choke the man out like that, I mean, you gotta say that it was wrong. It was plenty of other people on that train. Nobody but Penny decided to grab the man by his neck and choke him till he died. Those are facts. He grabbed the man by the neck, choked him until he died. He's going to trial. He can argue his case. His lawyers will argue his case in trial, but Charlie Kirk is vile. You understand me? If you guys want to talk about, you know, Mayor, I was looking at a clip and I wish I had told the team we should have put it up. Dr. William Darity was at an event and he was asked about, you know, black on black crime or violence. You know, I forget exactly how the question was framed, but Dr. William Darity did not mince any words. And I'm paraphrasing him, but he basically laid out from a historical perspective that some of the most violent people on the face of the earth in terms of global violence, white people, European mm. people, mm. period. Mm. I mean, he just laid it. I mean, he slapped that person down just like that. And you know what? Y'all might not like it, but it is the truth historically. Go and look it up. So basically, Dr. William Darity was saying, miss me. With this whole notion of black on black crime. Because if you want to talk about crime and violence, white people historically have been some of the most violent people to walk the face of the earth. The sun never set on the British Empire. Let us not forget that what was done to black and brown communities worldwide at the hands of European nations. Charlie Kirk, and if you understood that, you would not have fixed your mouth, but you have no shame and all you're doing is trying to divide. This is another reason why they don't want black history taught in schools. They don't want anybody's history taught in schools because they don't want the truth to be told. When I think about the summer of 1919, all the violence that was perpetrated on black people, black communities in that summer, one of the most bloodiest summers in the United States history. When I think about Black Wall Street violence perpetrated, against a black, a prosperous black community at the hands of white terrorists. And we can go on and on and on. Mary, you know, we need to go ahead and do do a whole documentary or, or explainer video about collective white violence. Absolutely. And what it has done to the fabric of not only this country, but the world. And I, and I think people people like Charlie Kirk does a, a huge disservice to white folk when he, when you when you give them this space to be this dumb like because the idea that violence what because what you're really critiquing is American housing policy when you talk about black on black crime because if you've been honest black on black crime is equal to the same as Asian on Asian crime Hispanic on Hispanic crime and white on white and what you're really saying is America in 2023 is still segregated. We've not moved to a point where we can be live live with each other because of housing policies, because of the way tax codes and everything are set up, because of the way we don't allow black and brown people to get jobs because of their names and because of racist biases. So we can't afford to live where our white counterparts live. So let's not even get on this idea that their black people are more violent than white people. That trope has been put to bed. I mean, it was white people who were having cookouts around black bodies swinging from trees, and we ain't talking about in ancient history. We're talking about in my mom and dad lifetime. So you That's can right. so when you say you can miss me, I'm me too like Darity. I think they can miss me as well. And I think what what happens here though is the display of ignorance has become so ridiculous in this country that we are not just a laughing stock amongst ourselves. We're to a point where it has become dangerous. So dangerous that white people are acting on this idea that there's a war against them and causing harm to other people. Yeah, I mean, they, they really are starting, they really are starting to believe this and nothing can be further than 
the truth. And Charlie Kirk, I mean, he's just a he's just a hate prophet. That's that's what he is. And he he loves to play the victim himself, like he's aggrieved. And especially when he claimed this earlier this year. So it's not just this situation with Daniel Penny, who's going to trial. It's also what he said about the derailment issue in East Palestine, Ohio, that he cares less than a damn about. These are majority white, working class, and poor people. Let's put up this headline. Charlie Kirk claims Ohio derailment is proof of a war on white people. The far right youth leader claimed he's been warning about the crusade against white people for years. Fox News has echoed similar sentiments on the airwaves, reporting coming from the Daily Beast. And here's more of Charlie's take, unfortunately. A single member of the Biden regime would dare to go to this portion of Ohio and breathe in the air because they know it's dangerous. They know that it is actively poisoning the citizens of Eastern Ohio. So why is it that they kind of shrug their shoulders and they say, ah, yeah, okay, whatever. It's very simple. It's because the war on white people continues. Why would you care for the white working class voters in Eastern Ohio? You haven't cared about them in other reasons or other portions. And I will prove it to you. If this train derailment happened in downtown Atlanta, in the densely populated black neighborhoods, this would be the number one news story. It would be Flint Water Crisis 2.0. There would be clamoring and activism and talks for reparations. God, this man is, he's, a, he's an embarrassment, really. Let's talk about this. See, I actually, I actually went to East Palestine, actually went. Had some conversations with people, listened to what they had to say. Had he not racialized this in the way that he did, there's some points that he's making that I could agree with. Because you know what? The Biden administration should have went there. Biden, President Biden himself should have went there, but he didn't. His transportation secretary took forever and, and 10,000 days to get there himself, making excuse upon excuse. So there's a class issue here. So whether it's the black majority in Flint, Michigan, or the white majority in East Palestine, this is about poverty. This is about working class people and poor people not getting the support that they deserve. And if Charlie Kirk had any integrity in his fingernail, he would have talked about the story in that regard. I have talked about the story in that regard. They just throw poor people to the side of the road. But you know what, environmental racism to the likes that we saw in East Palestine, Mayor, happens disproportionately in black communities, in brown communities, and then by extension in poor communities. But this dude has no integrity, so he would not say that. Yeah, I mean, and also his 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 message is not to uh, to 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 let poor white people believe that they are there for them. His, this is a method to just divide. His method is simply to divide and create chaos. Um, Kirk is a Kirk is a jerk, and, and that's you know, if I was a rapper, I would use it in a line. Um, but let's 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 be clear. We all know that environmental racism. Is, has always negatively impacted black people more than any others in this country. And we, like you said, everybody on the progressive side was screaming about what was going on in East Palestine. He said nothing about his party's willingness to defund or shut down unions trying to organize. 
And that too is the problem of East Palestine. But we're not talking about that. That train derailment had it had the correct amount of safety watchers on that train, people, union workers on that train, it's less likely that it would have crashed. So let's not even get into this that all the political hyperbole that he's doing here, which makes no sense at all, other than for him trying to get clicks and likes. That's right. And he had no, he didn't have this fire and venom for President Trump. Who less his administration lessened the rules? Part of it, you know, part of it happened under President Obama. It was carried out and carried on and 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 made worse by President Donald J. Trump. But where's his where's his fire? Where's his heat? Where's his venom for President Trump? Where's his heat and his venom against Senator Vance from Ohio, who introduced a bill? To try to strengthen the law when it comes to the types of trains that derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, and then under the cloak of darkness, slow rolled it so that he could answer to the owner donors, the lobbyists that did not want to have to change the rules of the game in real time. And guess what? They donate lots of money. The technical term is goo gobs of money to Senator Vance, who is a white. Republican. Now it wouldn't matter to me if he was a black Republican or black white Democrat. But since he want to put a finer point on race, where his smoke at? Where is his smoke for people like that in real time? The man is a phony. And I need, I need, I need these Republicans to understand this. So everything is a war on white people, according to Charlie Kirk. And yet black people aren't allowed to voice their opinions, talk about our concerns as a community, talk about the problems that black people continue to face even in this 21st century. Now, according to a preliminary report from the Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism at California State University in San Bernardino, hate crimes increased by 44% in 2021. More the Anti-Defamation League reported a 22% drop in hate crimes, hate crimes reporting from law enforcement agencies over the same period. This is a growing threat that we cannot afford to ignore. This is coming from the State of Black America's annual report, the, the, the National Urban League. And despite some advancements in economic and health sectors, the gap between African Americans and white students have widened in education, in social justice, and civic participation since the inception of the index in 2005. The state of black America's annual report released by the National Urban League reveals bleak findings. According to this year's equity index or equality index, black Americans only receive 73.9% of the same opportunities as their white counterparts. So again, if Charlie Kirk wanted to be genuine in his conversation, he would. But America, he doesn't want to be genuine. All he wants to do is stoke hate. Do not believe a word that comes out of this man's mouth because he is not genuine at all. He's a dealer of hate. He gets clicks by selling hate. He gets paid by selling and promoting hate. And that's all he cares about, his clicks and his pay. And he don't have any real solutions to help people in this country, be they black, white, or otherwise. He, he is a joke. Mayor, I think you called him a jerk. He all of that, all of the above. We ain't got no time for this foolishness with Charlie Kirk. Y'all don't believe this hype, don't believe it. We move it on to Insider. Insider strike comes to an end. If you hadn't heard, the employees at Insider, also known as Business Insider, had been on strike for almost two weeks, demanding better pay and job protections. Take a look. Hey,
What do we want? Contract, when do we want it now? And luckily we have good news after a 13 day protest, the insider union and their management finally reached an agreement to better terms and conditions. This was the longest strike at a digital media company to date. And this tweet right here, the insider union, we won. We have a tentative agreement on a contract that will give our members more money and job protections and resolve our ULP. Our strike is over. We're going back to work tomorrow. And look at those faces. Mayor, it's really good to report some good news for a change. Indeed. And I mean this is this is very good news. And not just, I mean, not, not just for those workers, but for for everybody who believes in unions and the importance of unions. What we see right now, first of all, we should also note that striking is a last result for unions. It's not how People like us that believe in the work of unions believe that we don't start by striking. This is a last resort, right? And you can see it in their messaging that they ended their message by saying, We're going back to work. People want to be at work, but people deserve dignity and they deserve pay for what they're creating. It is it is illogical for us to think that it's okay for these super rich people to continue to get filthy. Filthy rich off our products. So I'm super excited about these workers and I can't wait to see what's gonna happen. We've seen this role, this ball started rolling in 2015 where the unionizing of these journalists on, on, on the digital scheme um, starting to take place and, and become more organized and more forceful in what they deserve and getting it, getting it. And their managers know that they cannot, you cannot sit idle on the internet. 13 days without the wonderful stories, that fast pace that the Business Insider puts out information in. You can't do it without the workers and they showed them 13 days of nothingness. Is, I'm a reader of the Insider, so what I just saw for the past 13 days was trash. And I love that the workers are coming back and I love that they're coming back with the contract and more money. Yes, Lord. Yeah, I am too, Mayor, really good. And they organized through this through the News Guild. So just so excited for them. We know writers are still out on strike right now. And we're hoping that good things will come their way as well. Similarly, I read Insider Business as well. So, so glad that the workers were able to use their solidarity to get better work conditions. Cuz that's really what it is. And when workers go out on strike, let me remind you, America, they don't get paid. They don't get their benefits, they get nothing. So they're really taking a big risk to try to do better for themselves, their families, and for future workers in their respective industries. All right, wrap your mind around all that you've heard thus far. Go ahead, strap up. The roller coaster ride continues when we come back. And welcome back to the show. We're having a Juneteenth special tonight. You do not want to miss it. Both the mayor and myself are gonna be there. Oh my God. I mean, it is going to be wonderful. Sharon Reed is gonna be there tonight, rocking both segments. I'll be leading the first segment with the mayor and Sharon Reed. And then we're coming out to Adrian Lawrence. J.R. Jackson and Sharon Reed will be with us the entire hour. So tune in to our TYT Juneteenth special tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. We're gonna discuss the history of Juneteenth and its significance in today's climate. So tune in tyt.com slash live or on YouTube or Twitch. Now you know what's coming. 
Justice is coming. A majority of this country is progressive, even if they don't label themselves that way. When you talk about the issues, baby, progressive, progressive, progressive. So justice is coming. How progressives are going to take over the country and America is going to love it by our one and only, our family, our, our own Jank Uger. So go ahead and put that phone up and grab that Q code. Order your books right now. It's coming out this year on 9-19-23, but you want to get in there early and get it while it's hot. And Dr. Richie, join Dr. Rashad Richie on Sundays on Sirius XM channel 126 for the Dr. Rashad Richie review. Check it out on Sirius XM Urban View Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Now to my absolute favorite part, we're going to start with our Twitch folks. We got Matt, Mad Native Dragon. He may have done criminal acts in the past, but at the moment he was not a criminal, he was a victim. A very good point, Mad Native Dragon. Very strong and very simply put, you're absolutely right. He may have done criminal acts in the past, and he did, and he served time for it. But at the moment that he was choked out, he was not a criminal, he was a victim. Joan Justice, colonialism, imperialism, and crusades, need I say more. Joan Justice, you better go ahead on baby and break that down. The mayor is amening how you just made that very simple that a five year old can understand. Colonialism, imperialism, and the crusades. Need I say more? Go ahead on, Joan Justice. And power on reset, kindly please send Mr. Kirk the coverage of East Palestine derailment by this network. Mr. Kirk needs to be informed. Thank you for that power on rest. We did cover it, we covered it strongly. And we did what he doesn't have the courage to do. We did call out the Biden administration, we called out the Trump administration, we called out the Obama administration, and we called out this transportation secretary for leaving those people in, in, a, in a lurch. And you guys, and I might talk about this next week. Some of those residents went down to the state house in Ohio and they were escorted out. And the state house in Ohio is controlled by Republicans. They have a super majority. So let Charlie Kirk talk about that as well. Those people are suffering disproportionately right now to this moment. And they are not getting any relief from any level of government to the level that they deserve both in the short term and the long term. But Charlie Kirk is not gonna talk about that. So thank you, power on rest. Moving to YouTube super chat, E. Smith, a train derailment affects more than black residents in Atlanta. By the way, Atlanta is barely 50% black. Number two, they did not care about Flint, Michigan. Tell the truth about that. I'm talking about Republicans and Democrats. Go ahead and make it plain, E. Smith. Man, our viewers is laying the truth out today. We appreciate you on this. Neil Mick, weird how he didn't suggest what would happen if the train derailed in Sanford, Florida. Hmm. And for those of you who don't know about Sanford, Florida, wealthy, wealthy, ultra wealthy. Oh, By the way, did I say wealthy? Thank you for that, Neil Mick. Our TYT members, don't shoot them. The goalkeeper, <laughs> Neely was ranting about how much his life sucked. Everyone whose life sucks does that at, the, at some point. It doesn't warrant a death sentence. That right there, put the mayor up y'all. Mayor, they, they, they bringing it home today. I mean, they, the, the, viewers, the viewers are definitely smarter than Charlie Kirk and they, they understand what's going on. You cannot fool the, I love unbossed uh, viewers because they are so smart and always on point, I love it. 
always on point. And on their worst day, they smarter than that fool. <laughs> and then lastly, Lynn, FYI, I just threw a fire extinguisher at Charlie Kirk. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Thank each and every one of you. I'm telling you, I misplaced my fire extinguisher. I got to find her, but I'm gonna find her. But thank you, Lynn, for that. Throw that fire extinguisher at Charlie Kirk. I love you for that. We appreciate you guys so much. We we really do. Thank you for watching us live and thank you for your comments. And thank you, as the mayor said, for being some of the most brilliant viewers ever. And yeah, I'm biased and it's okay. Demands for disqualification. Now in Canada, a nine year old girl was brought to tears by a man who insisted she was trans and should be disqualified from a regional track and field event. The girl's mothers are now speaking out about the encounter. This is really a damn shame. She went to step up to compete for the grade four shot put final. And right before she went to throw, a grandfather of a student said, hey, this is supposed to be a girl's event. And why are you letting boys compete? My daughter is cisgender born female uses she her pronouns. She has a pixie cut. Now let me just bring the Marion right now on this. See, this is a damn shame right here what kids are having to go through. Now if adults wanna debate mayor, you know, adults wanna debate sports, women's sports, have a legitimate debate about sports and participation and strength, then let's have a debate. But to sit up here and look at this little girl and bring her to tears and to decide just because she don't have hair flowing down her back, that that makes her less than a girl is more than a damn shame. And I'm gonna tell you something, her parents were more calm, cool and collected than I would have been under similar circumstances. Yeah, I, I listen, every time I hear about this story, I, I, I'm on fire. First of all, what what is your life like that you are so concerned to crush a nine year old child in front of other kids and other, you are a grown man allegedly. Out here arguing and screaming something about a nine year old. The disgust on this, this person does not need to just be barred from sports events in this school. There needs to be a criminal charge in this. This is child abuse. This is child abuse. And I, I, cannot, I cannot say about how much child abuse this is without saying, if you don't believe America's discourse, i.e., Charlie Kirk and the others, and their anti LGBTQI mouths and words have a role in this behavior, then you're, you're, you're beyond naive. You're being foolish at this point. This is disgusting. And you're right, had, had that been one of my relatives, not even my child, I don't know. <laughs> I ain't Dr. King, that's all I'm gonna say. Baby, I know that's right. Cuz what you don't do is do this to children. And then on top of it, he wrong. I mean, he just wrong. Either way it goes, he was wrong. But I'm saying he's especially wrong as the mother explained. My daughter is cisgender, born female, uses she, her pronouns. She has a pixie cut, idiot, cuz that's what he is. Now, Star says the man then carried on. He didn't stop. He didn't care that this was a little child and to demand certification that her daughter was born a female. See, this is what this hate mongering at the hands of the Republicans, this is what it's doing to America. He stopped the entire event. Now, what kind of officials gonna let this dude? See, it's not just the officials are wrong here too. Cuz you're right, Mayor, he should have been escorted out of there. But this is what he did, he stopped the entire event 
America. He also pointed at another girl who also has short hair. He then piped in and said, well, if she is not a boy, then she's obviously trans. You know what, now he wanna, now he wanna fight. Okay, Star said the man's wife then started calling her a genital manipulator, a groomer, and a pedophile. What in the uncivilized hell? All in front of kids over a sports game that kids are playing. America, is this us? America, is this you? No, this you. And then on top of it, the man is wrong. Then his wife ain't much better. So for those of you who say women, you know, much better. No, she was she was in there in the mix with with him, right there side by side, standing by her man and his ignorance and his hate. Hmm. Now I know this is Canada, but we also have a nine-year-old girl who is cisgender, born female, uses she/her pronouns, and has a pixie cut. Now, you know who else acts like a kid is a cisgender born female, uses she, her pronouns, has a pixie cut that the right wingers don't have a problem with. Now, I wanna put up this picture right here so we can see this. This is it, the family, all right? Now, let's go to the next picture. You know who else acts like a kid is cisgender born female, uses she, her pronouns, and has a pixie cut the right wingers don't have a problem with? Yeah. Mm-mm, got a problem with her at all. Now, anyways, back on track. Central, uh, the, the school district superintendent confirmed with CastNet that steps are being taken to ban the man from all school related events. That's exactly what they should do. Now, Starr told the New York Post that she hopes this situation shines a light on how awful and extreme anti trans rhetoric has become. She added, This is proof that this has nothing to do with protecting children. You got that right, mama. You said that right. Now this man has been identified as Joseph Tester and he has since come out to deny the allegations. They need to go ahead and identify his wife too. Don't let her off the hook either. And here he is, let's put him up. I never yelled towards the girl. Kilawana man accused of accosting child at track meet denies the allegations. Of course he denied it now because the heat is on him. He claims that he went to the official in private and asked if it was a mixed competition and was met with hostility from the girl's mother. Of course you were, you talking about her child, what the hell? Joseph tells Castanet he believes the two moms are trying to satisfy an agenda. Really, could their agenda be protecting a baby? Cuz yeah, that's an agenda that most parents have. I got that same agenda. I wish somebody would and, and, and mayor, put the mayor up. The incident is still being investigated, but Joseph says he he's not apologizing for asking the question at the event. You know what, man, there's something wrong with you. But I gotta tell you something, mayor. If somebody and my son played basketball and I wish somebody would, I wish an adult would have questioned, got in my son's face or did anything. And my son is a grown ain't man right now and I still wish a mofo would. Listen, I'm, I'm so the, the gaslighting in this guy's state. So first of all, how stupid are we? Were you standing right beside her mother when you went to an official? Did her mother follow you to the official? How how would the mother know what you said to an official if you asked privately? That part. The level of gaslighting in the in the comment is ridiculous to me. Like, so yes, ban him from every, ban him from the city, ban him from this planet. Pour some Budweiser on him. That part, that part, just ban him. He's banned, period. 
They don't care about kids, so the mother's absolutely right. I'm glad that the district is taking steps to make sure this man comes nowhere near children. Ridiculous. Oh, and speaking of ridiculous, here we go. DeSantis implies Trump is going soft on abortion. I thought he would compliment the bill. His words. And I think you know there've been a lot of Republicans through the years, you know, who've said they would do things, but when it really gets tough. You know, are you able to stand your ground and do it? You know, right to life. We were able to deliver the heartbeat bill, which was a big, big deal. And you know, while I appreciate what the former president has done in a variety of realms, he opposes that bill. He said it was, quote, harsh to protect an unborn child when there's a detectable heartbeat. I think that's humane to do. I think pro-lifers have been wanting to see, you know, good pro-life protections, whether it's Florida or Iowa under Kim Reynolds. Very important that you're able to get this stuff done. This dude literally has nothing to run on. He's just trying to grab on the Trump any way that he can. If he had a legitimate agenda, he wouldn't be playing these games. But this is all he got. Tricks are for kids, and that's all this dude has. Now, what Trump said about the bill, this is what he said. If you look at what DeSantis did, a lot of people don't even know if he knew he was doing it. But he signed six weeks and many people within the pro-life movement feel that that was too harsh. Trump wouldn't say if he believed a six week ban went too far. So DeSantis didn't even get that part right. And for him to rave about taking women back in time, you know what, America, it'd be one thing if so-called pro-life people were really pro-life, but they're not, they're pro-birth. Because let me tell you what pro-life, a little bit about what pro-life looks like. Pro-life says that I'm gonna make sure that the parents of these children make a living wage. I will make sure that these parents can collectively bargain that they can form unions if they decide to. It would make sure that they have paid family and medical leave. It would make sure that the PRO Act passed. It would not be going to war with Mickey and Minnie Mouse and Daisy and Donald Duck. Pro-life would not be banning books. Pro-life would not be declaring war on trans children. Pro-life would stand up to ensure that we have universal health care in the United States of America, that not that 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 we lessen the number of unhoused individuals in the United States of America. There's about 500,000 folks who are unhoused in the United States of America. See, this is what pro-life would do. This man and the so-called pro-lifers wouldn't know pro-life if it was standing in front of their faces. And these are the same people who I'm sure most of them, if you ask them what religion they subscribe to, they would say that they are Christians. So which begs the question. What would Jesus do? I can 125% guarantee you that Jesus wouldn't be doing what these fools are doing right here. See, pro-lifers will make sure that people have what is necessary to live a good life and not answer to their owner donors. Mayor, your thoughts. Jesus said, what you do for the least amongst these, you do for me. Do to me. Right? Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand how the Republicans define least amongst these. If you were pro-life, let me continue with your, with your pro-life explanation for these folk who are here watching. If you were pro-life, you would end the death penalty. If you were pro-life, 
If you were pro-life and not out here playing games, you wouldn't be okay with Sarah Huckabee, governor of Arkansas, kicking off 140,000 people for Medicaid since April. If you were pro-life, you would not be okay with not expanding healthcare, the federal assistance that like, like the sister Nina said. Here's my problem with DeSantis, he's so obvious in his ridiculous tax. He literally skipped over some of the most regressive states as it pertains to women's rights, so he can say Iowa. This is all about politics. If you're paying attention to him, you can see it. He didn't say anything about Texas, Mississippi, Alabama. He went straight to Iowa. So he people he can make people in Iowa think he's relating to them because he can call out a politician name there. The problem with this is, boy, you dumb. Boy, you Ooh, dumb. That's it. And empty. That's it. And and what else? Let's let's go ahead since we're on the DeSantis. We're going down. He signed a bill that banned direct to consumer car sales in Florida. But he left one exception. Can you guess what exception, what car company he left an exception for? Tesla. Could it be Elon Musk? Could it be that failed presidential run announcement that he did on Twitter spaces with his buddy Elon Musk? The exception is for Elon Musk. Now I thought that this was the party that advocated for businesses to choose for themselves. Without government getting involved, I thought that this was that party. Oh No, but when it benefits them, they will use power to crush competition. This headline, DeSantis signs a bill blocking direct to consumer car sales with a carve out for Tesla. You'll be shocked to hear that dealer lobbyist supports the bill. The measure prohibits car manufacturers from selling directly to consumers in the state and instead requires them to rely on franchise dealerships. But there's a carve out in the legislation that allows electric car companies like Tesla to continue selling directly to the consumer without using dealerships if that's already their established mold. This reporting coming from the insider, there y'all go insider doing the daggone thing. And DeSantis administration also struck a deal with Musk's SpaceX last year to set up Starlink satellite services in parts of Southwest Florida that had been affected by Hurricane in. Now, Musk, who owns Twitter, hosted DeSantis' presidential campaign launch last month. It was failed. It was on Twitter Spaces. This glitch right here. Now it's quiet. All right, sorry about that. We, we've got so many people here that I think we are, we are kind of melting the servers. Uh, which is a good sign. Thank you for putting up with these technical issues. I think we're we're definitely breaking new ground here. Breaking new ground. Hell, it was a total failure to launch, is what it was. So, Mayor, I just I can't with DeSantis, and it, he really is a dangerous man. This is not hyperbole. If this man comes anywhere near the White House, we are in trouble. And the sad part about this, I mean, he's young enough to wreak havoc for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, he is, and, and the trouble with this is, uh, I mean, if, we, if we were looking for a textbook case on why we need to get money out of politics, it's this, it's this headline, this story. This is absolutely disgusting. Uh, of course, the dealership lobbyists are in hand because you're forcing people to buy their cars from you. This is absolutely disgusting, and it's also why we need to end Citizen United. I cannot believe that this is legal. I cannot believe that someone has not already brought charges against this immediately when it passed. Uh, the idea that Elon Musk has this much influence on a presidential candidate. And as you said, if if 
he get close to the White House, we already know he's signaling what, what it's gonna be. We've seen him willing to go to war with corporate corporations who speak out against him. We've seen him support in this action corporations that will work with him. This is not how government should work. This is disgusting beyond disgusting. Trust yeah, me. it really is, man. We are in a sad state of affairs. This man right here, I mean, it's really sad. America, we gotta stop him. We don't want America to become Florida. Hell, Florida don't even wanna be Florida. These are the facts. That part. Oh, I sighed deeply. I didn't throw any papers today. Let me just get a few in the air in place of my fire extinguisher. Cuz this man right here is out of control. Oh, now that I've got that out of my system, this week in history. So Thurgood Marshall on June 13th in 1967 was appointed, was nominated, was, was, was the first to become uh, first black man to become a Supreme Court Justice June 13th. President Lyndon Baines Johnson nominated Thurgood Marshall. So today in history, so it's not actually today, but it is this week. So on June 13th, 1967, President Lyndon Baines Johnson nominated Solicitor General, General Thurgood Marshall to become the first black justice on the United States Supreme Court. Yeah, you can probably hear the smile in my in my, in my, uh, you can hear the smile that's on my face as I talk about this. And let's put up a picture of the one and only Justice Thurgood Marshall. There he is in all of his glory, Gettysburg images. Thurgood Marshall, perhaps best known as the first African American Supreme Court justice, played an instrumental role in promoting racial equality during the civil rights movement. As a practicing attorney, Marshall argued a record break in 32 cases before the Supreme Court, winning 29 of them. Baby, if that ain't black excellence. In fact, Marshall represented and won more cases before the high court than any other person. This is coming from the editors at history.com. Further, during the 24 year term as Supreme Court Justice, Marshall's passionate support for individual and civil rights guided his policies and decisions. Most historians regard him as an influential figure in shaping social policies and upholding laws to protect minorities. Now, Justice Thurgood Marshall's story has been told in many movies and also in many documentaries. One of the best movies about him, in my opinion, came out in 2017. Justice Marshall was portrayed, was portrayed, portrayed by the one and only Chadwick Boseman, as we know, really left this plane of existence way too young. This is a picture of, you know, a poster of of the movies uh, advertisement with Chadwick Boseman standing there, and he channeled Thurgood Marshall, baby. If you have not seen that movie, you know, it's Juneteenth today. We will. Uh, recognize it as a nation on Monday, but you should go ahead and watch that movie. And here's a portion of the movie trailer. You gentlemen are making a big mistake. This here is Mr. Thurgood Marshall. Man is an attorney. You will treat him with the respect that he deserves. My great granddaddy, he was a slave. We're not slaves now. We got weapons we didn't have before. We've got the law. 
Wow, and that was just a portion. So mayor got weapons we didn't have before. And that is the law. This is one of the most spectacular movies I've ever seen in my life. And Chadwick Boseman, he did that. Similar to how Denzel Washington played Minister Malcolm X. I mean, these men channeled these great men. Your thoughts about Justice Thurgood Marshall? Um, I, I, I'm proud every time I hear it. Like HBCU graduate, you know, I'm, I'm talking like 29 out of 32. People should understand what that means. And those cases were civil rights cases. He was winning for more inclusion into the American fabric, uh, protection in the American fabric. I, I, what, what bothers my soul whenever I think about Thurgood Marshall's legacy is something that is the exact opposite of him, but it is a part of his legacy, and it's Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, who replaced Thurgood Marshall, is doing everything in his power to undo what justice did when he was there. And it is absolutely disgusting that you have to be the black man that replaced the first black man on the court. And you show up in this manner so anti-black when this brother did everything, everything for our people. And, and the sad part about it is Clarence Thomas, being a Geechee man from South Carolina, has a history that sounds just like Thurgood Marshall when he talked about his great grandfather being an enslaved person. Thomas family wouldn't have been too far from that situation. And I know it won't know easy roads there. So the idea that you sit and pretend that you call affirmative action slavery is disgusting to me. Thurgood Marshall rolls every time Thomas writes a piece of paper with his name as a Supreme Court Justice. He didn't want him to replace him on the court. But thinking about the glorious, the beautiful, the black beauty that is Thurgood Marshall and how he was channeled by brother Chadwick. It is unbelievable to think that that, that that 2017 was the first time we had a movie about this brother and all the victories, all the dangers he put his life. People don't understand, he was doing court cases in these states. No, I know. That is a different danger. You gotta go down and research and ask questions. He was in Florida in dangerous parts. He was in North Carolina and South Carolina, all of these parts. In order to build these cases, you gotta be there. So imagine the death threats this man took on a regular basis without the limelight. For most of his yeah. work. and uh, yeah. yeah, I think this brother is everything we should all uh, scrap to be every day when we wake up. Come on, you better talk about that. Now, Justice Marshall retired in 1991, and we will share some of the highlights from his retirement interview press conference that he had from C-SPAN. So take a look. In 1967, Thurgood Marshall was appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court by President Lyndon Johnson. He served on the Supreme Court from 1967 to 1991. And Justice Marshall was asked how he was feeling when he was walking in. He showed a little humor. Watch this. Justice Marshall showing us his lighter side. They got into some more serious questions. We won't be able to show all of this. Maybe we will go for another round with the justice. But as the mayor brought up, Justice Marshall was asked about who should replace him on the court. Should it be a person of color? Should it be a minority? Should it be a black person? And basically, Justice Marshall went on to say, not just for the sake of it. He said that his daddy used to tell him, a white snake and a black snake are the same. 
they both snakes. But he did it with such profound, I mean, I can't even do it justice, but we are running out of time. So let's go ahead and put up the last two, not the last, but two quotes from Justice Marshall that I pulled that really speak to me and hopefully will speak to you. One is a child born to a black mother in a state like Mississippi has exactly the same rights as a white baby born to the wealthiest person in the United States. It's not true, but I challenge anyone to say, it is not a goal worth working for, amen to that baby. Justice Thurgood Marshall, born July the 2nd, 1908. And he left this plane of existence on January 24th, 1993. And one other quote, cuz we could go on and on about this magnificent man, here it is. This is a great country, but fortunately for you, it's not perfect. There is much to be done to bring about complete equality, remove hunger, bring reality closer to the theory and democratic principles. Again, Justice Thurgood Marshall, this week in history, he made that history. And thank God that he was there and that and that you know President Lyndon Baines Johnson had the courage to pick the right man for the job and he shook this country so profoundly. But that is our time, Mayor, I hate it went so fast. I can't wait till we do this again next Friday. And for all of you who joined us live today, we appreciate you. If you are listening to this on video on demand, thank you for that. Share it with other folks, you know what you need to do about this time. Always, always, always keep the faith, but more importantly, keep the fight until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.